Here's what's coming up on today's show. But over the long term and over the entire retirement cycle, those things should level out because stocks and growth investments and you know other strategies that we have are put in place really to, to keep us above taxes and inflation. When it comes to your finances, you don't want to be at a disadvantage. Tim Dyer can help. He's a wealth manager specializing in retirement planning and investment management, and he can be that financial coach that helps you achieve your goals in retirement. This is Retirement Power Play. Glad to have you back on the Retirement Power Play podcast. I'm Ben George alongside wealth manager Tim Dyer. We're talking inflation today, Tim. Um, I think everybody's heard this word a time or two this year, right? Yeah, this is this is the buzzword of all buzzwords for this year, for sure. I, I'm trying to think back. When was the last time that you could remember inflation being such a uh, front and center discussion? Because I know we always we hear about inflation. We talk about inflation. I know you factored into planning as you move forward. But I can't remember a time that it's just been the main point of conversation quite often. Well, I guess the last time I bought Stanley Cup tickets, uh, I saw a great <laughs> deal of inflation. Or uh, you know, but historically, we have to look back um, to you know even before when I was born, um, mm. you know, in the in the mid seventies. But that's where we're really seeing uh, that high inflation back to the really the the seventies and eighties. But you know, just kind of digging in on the topic of inflation, we just got the numbers for uh, for June. And inflation year over year, basically, when they looked at the basket of goods June of 2021 to what that basket of goods is now June of 2022, that number was up 9.1%. And that and that is really like you know one of the biggest jumps that we've seen uh, in you know 40 or 50 years. So inflation is front and center now. Again, you don't need me to tell you that a it's all over the news and b you're seeing it firsthand firsthand at the gas pumps, the grocery store, you know, and all the, the different areas where you can spend your money is just getting more expensive. God forbid you're trying to, you know, uh, build uh, or remodel your home. I mean, those, those, those bills that you're getting, we had a little work done to our house. You give you an estimate, and by the time the guy emails it over to you, the numbers have changed. <laughs> so, so that's inflation. Um, now, you know, 19, if, if you look back in the 1980s, Inflation was uh, double digits. Uh, you know, to get a mortgage back then, I mean, you might even pay 14, 15, 16 percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but interest rates at that time were also double digits, okay, 12, 13 percent. And, and by interest rates, what I'm talking about here is called the federal funds rate. Let me unpack that because we don't do jargon here. Jargon sits in the penalty box. <laughs> but the federal funds rate is is a rate set by the Federal Reserve that banks, you know, they borrow money to meet their reserve demands. It's what essentially what uh, banks get charged uh, amongst each other to, to borrow funds. Now, we don't need to get too deep there. What's important is it is that creates a ripple effect. If the Federal Reserve is raising those interest rates then those, you know, basically that increased cost is getting passed on through the banks um, and it affects their lending. It affects their mortgage rates, um, making them more expensive. Now, on the flip side, they, it, it affects what they're paying for deposits. So, you know, there's a little, I guess you could call it silver lining in there. But the, the big issue is that 
things aren't in equilibrium. And let me explain what I mean by that. Okay. We're, you know, we're seeing high inflation, and we can kind of expect it based on the amount of money that the Treasury has printed, right? The amount of demand, these types of things. But we've seen a stock market that's down here 20% for the year. We've seen, not only that, we've seen a bond market that's down 10%, the worst decline we've seen in the bond market in, I think, in six months historically, uh, Hmm. or to start the year, I should say. But the point is, is not only are we seeing our wealth sort of decline, we're seeing our costs go up. So it's like a double whammy. Not only is the inflation severe right now, um, but we're getting a reverse wealth effect. And look, that's, uh, that's not a comfortable... That's not a comfortable arena to be in. Well, I, I, I look at this, and for people that aren't super knowledgeable on inflation, we're aware of what it is. Um, we're learning about why, what causes it. I know that's being talked about quite a bit right now. But when, when, some, when somebody thinks about it, and they, they probably worry about, like, how far can this actually go? Because we've been told it's not bad. We've been told <laughs> it's transitory, right? But it, it, are we looking at – and I know you don't have a crystal ball. I'm not asking you to try to predict the future. But is this something that can continue for a while? Can it even get worse before it gets better? Yes, it certainly can, and I would probably expect it too. Um, again, there's a lot of factors that go into that, but if we go back to our economics 101, we're really talking about the balance between supply and demand, okay? Mm-hmm. And we're doing that across a lot of different areas. Let me give you an example. There, you know, the, it's no secret uh, that there's been trillions of dollars printed. We needed to do it um, to get out of COVID, the shutdowns, and kind of keep everything afloat, right? But, but they never really turned off the machine. And so uh, you know, now you've got a massive amount of money out there, and it's chasing you know, fewer and fewer available products and services. Well, what do you mean by that, Tim? Well, I mean, we, we all now know a piece of jargon, right? Supply chain. Uh, goods aren't moving as freely and as fast around the globe as they have been. You know, products and services, uh, people working, right? People are more, there are more and more people that just chose to stay home and not work and collect uh, entitlement checks and, and whatnot than, than actually go out and fulfill these job openings that were out there, right? So there was less people to, you know, implement, to provide these services, to provide these goods. So it's more and more demand that was meeting smaller and smaller supply. That's just a pressure cooker, right? And we're seeing the results of that. So how do we combat that? Well, you know, there's a couple of ways. The Federal Reserve's trying to do it by raising interest rates. And Mm -hmm. the way they're doing it now is like putting a Band-Aid on a severed arm, right? Excuse the macabre nature of the comment. But, you know, right now, inflation's running at 9% plus and heating up. And yet the 30-year bond is at, what is it, 3%? And federal funds rates are at, uh, you know, 1.5% on their way up. So the next meeting for the Federal Reserve is in July, and their target is to raise interest rates 75 basis points. The September meeting, uh, again, I think right now the, uh, the predictions are another 75 basis points. And then maybe in November it slows down uh, and they raise another 25 basis points. So that's essentially, what is that, uh, you know, almost 2% increase from where we're at. Um, to push that cost of borrowing up to three and a half, you know, 3.75% on the federal funds rate. There's still a long way off, you know, to, to combat this inflation, right? Um, I'm not saying that those numbers have to be 
directly in line with each other, right? If inflation's running at 9%, we don't need a 9% Fed funds rate because that would completely destroy the economy, right? It would just be too much expense and it would, it would completely shut down demand um, and then we'd get this sort of deflationary spiral. So the Fed has got this, this really tough mandate where they've got to they've got to control inflation and raise interest rates, but it has a ripple effect. And that specific ripple effect can push down stocks, certainly in the short term. Um, so anyways, there's, there's, there's quite a bit going on there, but let's, let's kind of talk about what the listener and you know, what, what we can advise our clients to do in this scenario. Yeah. Um, so just looking at, at, breaking down the the inflation numbers oil is up 98 percent year over year right that's the barrel of oil coming out of the ground the cost at the pump you know up 60 percent on average nationally i think here in california we'd argue that that's that number's a little bit low but heck even your utility bill used cars food you know those things are up 10 11 12 percent um so that's the expense side of the ledger right those are the costs those are things that we spend our money on but so what's happening to wages? Well, wages are going up, but they're not going up nearly as fast as inflation is, is, is eroding that purchasing power. So if we have uh, real wage growth, you know, in the single digits, maybe four or 5% growth, and we've got inflation, you know, then our, our net, what we call our, our real wage growth is negative. Um, and that's what we're seeing right now. We've had 15 consecutive months of negative real wage growth, even though average hourly earnings are kind of going up. So again, we ping pong around a little bit here, but the, the way our income is going up is not matching the way our expenses are going up. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, so what can we do? Getting back to that point, what, what matters to clients? One thing that you can look at and we've talked about this before, but you can purchase something called an I-bond. An I-bond is, is issued uh, by the U.S. Treasury, and it's really linked to inflation. So we said, you know, inflation was running at 9.1%. Well, when they calculated the new interest rate in May, they, they calculate them every May and November, you know, that current rate is 9.1% on an annualized basis, Right. So until they calculate the next one, you're going to get six months of interest based on that 9.1% annual. So it comes out to about 4.5% for the six months, right? If, if the rates stay the same, then the next six months, that total interest you would earn is 9.1%. So that, now here's the issue. You can put in 10000 per person uh, per year. So okay. you can't, you know, you can't take a large sum. You can't put it in an IRA account. Um, you know, there's some clauses around it, but this is just a small step that you can take to, you know, combat some of that inflation. So I bonds. We actually have a uh, a, a YouTube video uh, specifically on that where we get into some more details. But here's the other thing: you think about stocks. Stocks have earnings, and earnings are you know, based on revenue. And if inflation is going up, their costs are going up, and most companies pass along those expenses to the consumer, right? So uh, if a can of Coke costs a dollar, and you know, now it costs a dollar five, you know, earnings are going to go up uh, for the company. And that's why stocks are a good long-term hedge for inflation, all right? Now, 
again, we're, we're kind of going on and on here because there's a lot that, that's entailed into this. But yeah. stay with me here, Ben. Stay okay. with me. I'm um, let me just make this, this one last point. When we think about stocks you know, staying out of inflation, you know, on a longer-term basis, they do that. In the short term, with the Federal Reserve raising interest rates, that's putting pressure on economic growth, right? Because it's getting more expensive to do things. Um, to, it's getting more expensive to you know, build a new factory. It's getting, it's getting more expensive, uh, the cost of goods sold or the um, operating expense for companies. So you can, again, companies' expenses are going up. And so there's concern that that will slow down or weaken the economy a little bit. So it's this, it's this really you know, big balancing effect that all these different areas have. Um, but we're already starting to see commodity prices kind of level off a little bit. We'll get those numbers here at the end of July. Um, inflation's still here, and it's here to stay for the near term. But I, I think we're going to see some of the effects here leveling off, at least in the near term. Do you have anybody or spoken with anybody that maybe is close to retirement that's, that's kind of rethinking things because inflation is where it is and, and just a little concerned about what the next couple of years could hold? Yeah. And, you know, the, I, as I remind clients, especially that are at or, or near retirement, you know, we don't spend all of your paycheck in year one. Right. There's sort of three phases of retirement. Uh, my friend Tom Hagnes says there's the go-go years, there's the slow-go years, and then there's the no-go years. Right? So, yes, there tends to be a lot of uh, spending on the front end, the travel, the you know, vacations, the things that you want to do on your bucket list are, are front-loaded in those kind of first 10, 15, maybe even 20 years. Uh, then there's a dip in spending, and then maybe some medical or health costs start to come in on the back end. But... What that means is that the money that is earmarked to be used in the near term, it really needs to be insulated from uh, market fluctuations, right? Now, you're going to lose some uh, purchasing power necessarily on that money in the short term, but those other buckets of money that are earmarked for those future stages, you know, those are staying ahead of inflation. So, you know, there may be a, a, a hit in the short term, and that isn't uh, avoidable per se. But over the long term and over the entire retirement cycle, those things should level out because stocks and growth investments and you know, other strategies that we have are put in place really to, to keep us above taxes and inflation. Yeah, there's so much to think about. And I know it's a time that uh, can be stressful for a lot of people as we see just prices going up. And as you mentioned, wages not keeping up and it feels like you fall into a hole a little bit. So uh, encouraging to know that there is a plan. And, and I know that you factor this stuff in when you're building a plan too, right? I know you don't factor in 9% inflation in your uh, your normal retirement plans, but you do factor this in to begin with. So it's not like it's a surprise when we see this happen. Yeah. And part of the planning process is that you test different scenarios, right? You test, you know, runaway inflation and, and what that means. And you know, what that means to the plan. And you look at it essentially as kind of a worst case scenario, right? But you look at it and you model it and say, what can we do, you know, to, to prevent some or all of that to the degree that we can, right? So having a clear understanding of, of how you're going to pay for things, what accounts you're going to draw your income from, those tend to have a greater impact than just the necessarily the, the, the bite that inflation is taking out of our purchasing power. 
Well, anybody that's got concerns about inflation and haven't really sat down to, to look at their plan closely or even put a plan in place, Tim, uh, what would you suggest for someone that maybe uh, hasn't worked with somebody yet but is thinking about it and maybe this kind of era that we're in right now, bear market, talk about recession, inflation, all this stuff, what would you say Take what would you say to them to take that next step? What should they be doing? Well, I, I would have to say having a conversation around it is a good start. Um, you know, talking with a financial advisor uh, should not be a scary experience. In fact, um, you know, when we meet with clients on an initial, uh, you know, interview, or we call it a, um, you know, first meeting, if you will, we're looking at situations and we're also bringing up concerns um things that are on your mind things that are you know keeping you up at night for some people it's you know the the frontline headlines right now of inflation um for others it's you know running out of money or uh, being able to spend more time with their family whatever that might be so you know having an understanding and just getting some clarity around these things because the information is out there the problem is there's too much of it and a lot of it is conflicting. So, you know, speak to somebody that knows how to sort of block out the noise uh, that you don't need and then just bring in the clarity and the understanding and the resources, if you will, about the information that you do need to make smart decisions with your money and those decisions uh, that that are going to directly affect you. So, you know, I, I guess just in simple um you know, reach out. Uh, we have the ability. You can you can reach out. You can uh, schedule a meeting uh, right through our website, um, or you know, t- bring up these questions with your financial advisor and say, you know, what can we do to combat in this specific example the uh, ravaging of flicks of inflation of inflation. Excuse me, <laughs> tongue twister there. Uh, it'll get you. It, 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 it trips all of us up right now. That's for sure. <laughs> so, uh, good stuff, Tim. Any any final thoughts? Anything else you want to conclude with before we close it out? I know we covered a lot already. You know, we did. There's uh, there, there's a lot to go in here. I would say if uh, you know we can we can take some questions in the mailbag um, or, or as questions come in, and we can just address them in another episode, if you will. But uh, yeah. um, you know, there's a lot of information out there. It's again, the media loves it. They take a topic, they squeeze it to death, uh, they add in terms and jargon. You know, we put jargon in the penalty box. Um, but you know, whether, whether it's transitory or, you know, with all these terms that come up and, and everybody sort of revolves around them, um, it's part, look, it's, it's part of the overall, um, you know, inputs, if you will, it's part of the process, mm-hmm. right? And, and inflation, it's a, it hasn't been a frontline topic. Now it is. And now, you know, we deal with it and we move on. Yep. It's always going to be something. So we'll navigate it. Yep. All right. Well, we do appreciate it, Tim, as always. I know if you want to do get, if you want to get deeper into inflation in this conversation, I just encourage you to sit down with Tim directly and ask those questions to him. You can always call him that phone number 858-459-3937. You can also log on direwm.com and all of our podcasts can be found online at retirementpowerplaypodcast.com. Com. All right, Tim, we'll close it out. I know we'll be tracking this uh, probably more as we move forward, but good starting point and I think a lot of good information for people to try to digest. You got it, Ben. Thanks for listening to the Retirement Power Play podcast for Tim Dyer, Wealth Manager at Dyer Wealth Management. I am Ben George. We'll talk to you next time.
The commentary on this podcast reflects the personal opinions, viewpoints, and analyses of Sage Capital Advisors, LLC, DBA Dire Wealth Management employees making such comment and should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by Dire Wealth Management or performance returns of any Dire Wealth Management Investments client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. The opinions expressed in this podcast are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or any specific security. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referred for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional. Dire Wealth Management provides advisory services through Sage Capital Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where Dire Wealth Management and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advice may be rendered by Dire Wealth Management unless a client's service agreement is in place.